The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey! Hey! We won! Anybody here? Born after 2002. First time Dolphins are 5 and 1 since 2002. Guys, gotta understand one thing. There are no perfect moments, they're just moments. You make those moments perfect. Okay, that's what happens. They're just opportunities, as Coach Rock said. Opportunities. When you take advantage of opportunities, you win football games. That's simple. Love this team, love the energy, love the way you guys play for each other, fight for each other, special unit. All right, let's keep grinding, let's keep getting better. All right, we'll take a little time off this week. Come back, ready to grind and get better to finish out this season. Guys, I saw it in your eyes in pregame. I saw it. I saw what this team is about. Now, are we perfect? We're not. We're not. But, guys, we have a good football team. When we stick together, when we stick together, we got a good football team. Indeed they do. The Browns is the Browns, and Cleveland is Cleveland. Cleveland is Cleveland. The team that continues to be the biggest puzzle, up and down, good and bad, confusing, strange, awkward with the Deshaun Watson situation, but they put it together yesterday and beat your San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I was looking for some upsets this weekend. Right. If only I would have seen. If only I would have seen that one coming. Well, you I saw no one. Idea. You saw one. I know. We'll talk about that coming up. Yeah, that was good, though. You well, did call the Jets I know, one. But, but I never would have dreamed. With P.J. Walker playing quarterback right. for the Browns, yeah. with the 49ers looking as dominant as they did right. on Sunday night against the Cowboys, and seemingly understanding completely and totally the importance of checking boxes. Keep that one seed. Force people to come to Santa Clara. Yeah, sure. That's how you're going to get to the Super Bowl. That's right. how you're going to win big. That's how you're going to finally get that Super Bowl win. And for them to fall flat on their faces a week after that, that was stunning to me. Of all the crazy things that happened yesterday, the fact that the 49ers lost the game. And you know how they still could have won. I mean, 41-yard field goal. When I was a kid, a 40-yard field goal was like, It was a big deal. Yards. Now it's uh, Now 55 nothing. is yeah. the over-under for yeah. saying, ooh, that's, that's right. pretty impressive. 41-yarder is a makeable kick. Rookie kicker, drafted by the 49ers, had been great coming into this week. Missed it, lost it. And that, like, how different we would have felt if the 49ers had just made that kick. Yeah. Through it all, they still find well, a way to win. They right? take the best punch the Browns have, and they still win the game. But there it is, trailing, trailing, and it's no good, and the Browns somehow win that game. Unbelievable day. Unbelievable. Gr- great win for the four, I mean, for the Cleveland Browns. We know that. I think you're, you're kind of, you know, but we can also say kind of an ugly loss for the 49ers. Both can be true. 
I mean, yeah, to your point, the 49ers did not play well, and there they were with what we would deem, like, like you're saying, a chip shot field goal to win the game. And we were talking about, hey, Brock Purdy wasn't very good, but if they make this field goal, we're going to go, well, he was clutch in the big moments. That's all that matters, right? So, you know, that's that's what the end of the football game can can do to a, to a football team. But Cleveland, I mean – as we are right now, it was historically good on defense. Historically. And like we talk about, we kind of wax poetically all the time about the 49ers, right? And their aggression and aggressiveness and their no hesitation. And yes, coach, I'll run through the wall right now. Cleveland's one of the first teams I've seen that match that yesterday. I mean, hit for hit, blow for blow, starting off in preseason, I mean, in the pregame. Maybe that's what Stefanski was talking about. I saw it in your eyes. You guys are crazy. Uh, so uh, I think that was the first thing there. But then, hey, we also know it's a game of emotion. One team's chest out. We beat the Cowboys, and we're the best thing on the earth right now. You know, another team's playing through fear, and we got to play our best. But they still have the confidence that they can do it because they still got a lot of damn good players on their locker room. It's a bunch of grown men who think they can do anything. And if they come together in the right way on a Sunday at 1 p.m., we can do anything together and accomplish anything together. And that's what's great about NFL football right there. Even when you're the lesser team, you can certainly make yourself believe because there's enough studs in the locker room, the coaching, everything to go, wait, we can beat this team on this day right now. And, uh, you know, good for the Browns because I'm with you. When Deshaun Watson, I heard he was out, I was like, well, they're not going to win this game no matter what. And there's still something weird going on with Deshaun Watson. I was doing some digging on this yesterday, and it may have been something that we would have addressed last night on Football Night in America, but for the fact that the Browns won the game. Right. He could be back next week. Yeah. There is something with the shoulder. The rotator. keeping him from driving the ball. Yeah. And I heard someone say, either on one of the pregame shows or it was on Twitter, attributed to the pregame show, I can't remember specifically where, but just the idea that the Browns – don't want to put him out there at 80%. But I'd still think that at 80%, you have to ask that question. Yeah. Is 80% Deshaun Watson better than 100% P.J. Walker, right. better than 100% Dorian Thompson-Robinson? At some point, as Watson improves, it's better to just go with him at some point. I would think so. Right? Yeah, right. So, right. But that takes a back seat because the defense was the story yesterday. Jeremiah Wosukoromoa, I spoke to him afterward, and the two things that stood out. One, Jim Schwartz yeah. studied the film, yeah. spotted the tendencies, yeah, so he found the, deployed. Right. You don't the, hear that against Shanahan right. very often, right? And and Schwartz told them where to be, yeah. told them what to do, and right. it worked. But the physicality is the key. Yeah. And this was the quote from him. We're a physical team as well. We see their physical, but your physicality is not necessarily tested until it's met with somebody else who's physical, met with somebody else who's just as hungry as you. I think the aim was always to be physical, and you want to make sure that you meet a team that's physical with physicality. We saw that happen with the Cowboys and the 49ers, and the Cowboys crumbled. Right. And it may just be as simple as the bodies can only take so much. And what happened yesterday? Debo Samuel injured, Christian McCaffrey oblique, yeah, ribs, right. and everybody. Look, I, I've been doing this long enough to know patterns. Everybody's so hush-hush about McCaffrey, it's making me think, oh, there could be an issue right. with McCaffrey. Right. Because if it was fine, they'd be saying, it's fine. Yeah. Everybody's keeping their mouth shut, which makes me wonder what plan they have in place to get a replacement, get somebody signed. That's part of the strategy of this. When it's time to start calling the free agent running backs and maybe even work a trade with somebody two weeks and two days from the deadline, we don't want people to know that Christian McCaffrey's messed up and going to miss time. So everybody's keeping their mouth shut about it. But that's the bottom line. Rib, oblique, and nobody's saying anything. Yeah. With Debo, it's shoulder, x-rays negative, MRI today. But again, the human body can only take so much. That was the big concern for the 49ers coming out of last week they're going to keep winning games right but can they stay healthy human beings can't keep taking this kind of punishment yeah. week in and week out right well when we had talked about McCaffrey right you've heard me say a few times where if I could say one thing to my buddy Kyle Shanahan I'd be like hey let's not kill the guy here through the first six weeks of the year you need him for the long haul and they are you know 
they're wearing him out a little bit. And, and, and to their credit, I mean, it's working, and he's he wants it. And, of course, he's a great weapon, and he's a dual-threat weapon with what he can do in the run game and the pass game. But, you know, I'm sure there's con- some con- concern there. You know, we, we've talked about these type of injuries before, right? Those ribs, the oblique, whatever. You know, you pull an oblique muscle, he's going to be out for a week or two. You know, it hurts, right? And then, you know, you're a running back who's making jarring cuts and turning in your body and, oh, wait, the ball's thrown behind me. I have to twist to get it. You know, that'll, that'll affect that type of play there. Although so, a little Toradol might help. Well, you know that. It'll definitely help. I know help. that. <laughs> but but I, I think the, you know, the physicality, the specialness of the Browns' defense, which is a lot like the 49ers and the fact that they can just get to the quarterback with four. They got fast linebackers at the second level. And then their secondary is really special. And I think that's another reason Schwartz could put together a great game plan as he's got two corners on the outside that he can trust in some of those Debo Samuel one-on-one Brandon Ayuk situations. But Schwartz's game plan and his complete... I don't know, revamping of himself and his new defensive approach on that side of the ball is one of the more impressive things in football. And that, to me, like what you said, Awusu Koromoa saying that, that Schwartz broke it down and knew what areas, you know, yeah, there's one thing knowing or talking about it, but then to go out and apply it, and I think that was the thing that jumped out to me about the game, Mike. We see the 49ers so often, yeah, we know Purdy's good. We know McCaffrey's good. Right, but it's the tricks, the Shanahan specials. I call all the time. None of that went on. Right, the screen passes, the speed sweeps, the reverses, the tosses, toss, crack, cut back, the Debo Samuel. Right, that wasn't working well. Brock Purdy was off his game. He was inaccurate and bothered by the wind and I think the wet football. As you see here, there was a lot of balls that came out of his hand funny on this day, and that was off target by about four or five yards. So I think when you kind of play all that together a tactical blitz every now and then Schwartz did expose their their uh you heard me yell a few times their pass protection problems in the game where he kind of had a feel like wait they're gonna move this way so I'm gonna stand a guy here and have him drop and blitz somebody else and nowhere to be blocked we don't see those things happen to the 49ers very often by the way on the issue of the weather I have proven that I could be a weatherman I finally have Sealed That's what you were grinning about when I yeah. was talking there? Well, I was grinning about two things. Every time you say Schwartz, I think of Spaceballs. Yeah. I was May grinning the Schwartz about be that. with you. Right, right, right. I see your Schwartz is as big <laughs> as mine. mine. But I also, when you mentioned the the wind and the rain, yeah. I have proven that I can be a weatherman because I was flat out wrong. Yeah. And that is the hallmark of any good weatherman. You have to be wrong. And that was... Well, you weren't to, that wrong. Well, no, you, you I know? pulled up the... Because the, you were saying it was going to be a monsoon. Right, right. And I pulled up the app on my phone. Yeah. And I did the whole weather report on yeah, Thursday, Thursday. Right. And and it wasn't going to be a monsoon, but... And it wasn't going to be wet. Right. The rain was going to be done like around midnight. But it so was wet. It was wet, and it helped the Browns. The Browns is the Browns, and the Browns win. Here's Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy from after the game on the loss to the Cleveland Browns. And there's a lot of stuff from this game that we got to improve on. Uh, I thought we made way too many mistakes on offense, you know, just losing a couple guys in the game. We had to switch a couple guys around, and um, we weren't quite ready for that, um, which starts with me with too many mistakes. And um, this is our first time having to come in after a loss in a long time. And it's time to get back in, go to work, and make sure we come back next week stronger. There's definitely some throws and opportunities that I feel like that were there for me, and um, I missed on them. Definitely going to be real about it, and we, got, we all got to – you know, look ourselves in the mirror and, and see the flaws and stuff and, and uh, get better from it. But it starts with me. 18 straight regular season wins for the 49ers. Yeah. They were on the brink of a franchise record. The 89-90 49ers had won 15 in a row. One more would have made it 16, and it was not to be. The Browns are better than 3-2. and two. I know. You are what your record says you are. The Browns are better than 3-2. Definitely. Three and two. And for they the should Steelers, have beat Pittsburgh that the night. The Steelers there, on yeah. the bye week. Right. There, you know, uh, so I hope you enjoyed your time off, Mike Tomlin. You got to watch the Ravens win, the Bengals win, and the Browns win. Yeah. And the Bengals and Browns wins were impressive because the Bengals beat a one-loss team and the Browns beat an undefeated team. And the Steelers lost a half game on everyone by not playing at all because everybody else won. And that division is nutty right now. And if the Browns play defense like they did yesterday, they are going to be there 
at the end yeah, of the conversation. Right. And they'll have a chance to, to do to somebody in January right. when if you're playing well, outdoors, about, it's yeah. going to be kind of right. like that. You've right. got the opportunity to rise up and do it, whether yeah. it's Deshaun Watson, P.J. Walker, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, Brian Seip. Playing called Vinny Testaverde, whoever it is, it ain't going to matter. Well, I mean, with that type of defense performance, you're right. They don't need a lot from the offense like we saw yesterday. They ran the ball, you know, pretty effectively and then made what? I mean, three, four plays in the pass game. I think that's basically what you would break it down to. I mean, two big pl- plays to Amari Cooper, you know, another big play to Njoku at one point. But I mean, that, that's, but when you have that type of defense, that's all you need. You know, we've seen that from great defenses in the past. I mean, the performance we saw yesterday from a play caller in Shanahan who's as hot as anybody in the sport, right? Him or Mike McDaniel. They got everything that we talk about on offense to be successful. And then to hold that offense and the 49ers and, you know, Brock Purdy, who's the second coming of Tom Brady, everybody was telling me last week, to 26 yards in the second half. 26. The 49ers went into halftime with 189 yards of total offense. They ended the game with 215 total yards. Right, So that just tells you, as the game went on, the Browns got a greater feel. Schwartz got a greater feel for what they were doing, the the attack and what Shanahan was trying to do, let alone some of the injuries I think affected the attack of the 49ers and what they wanted to do as well. But I, I'm blown away by what we saw there. Yeah, they, they beat them up physically up front a little bit. They got after the quarterback and exposed some of the protections. They, as we saw, and even you know the interceptions, some other throws. There was people in passing lanes all day long. Nothing was easy. We didn't see like we've seen the first five weeks where we go, "Whoa, there's Debo Samuel. Nobody's in the screen. He's running." Well, there's McCaffrey. There's only one guy within five yards of him. That was not a thing. Uh, and and then you know coupled with Brock Purdy struggles and then them and their two missed field goals like you talked about right uh, a DB falls down covering Amari Cooper and he gets a long catch and then you add on Brock Purdy being off with what he's seeing and and the accuracy of the football that's how an upset happens you know, to the best team in the league. Jake Moody had overcome the extra pressure oh, I know. that comes right? from being a draft pick at kicker, especially round three. Yeah. Because I just think it's already a sufficiently complicated stew of factors in your brain to go out there and consistently kick that ball through the uprights. And when you throw the extra pressure and expectation that comes from using a draft pick that could have been spent on some other position because all the kickers and punters are undrafted for the most part, the great ones end up being undrafted, I just think it's an extra burden. And once you lose that balance, once you start to go, it gets in your head. I'm not supposed to be missing these field goals. I'm a third-round pick. They gave up a third-round pick to get me. You just – I think that – there's, it looks easy, but it's not. No, and I think psychologically it's hard to hold it all together. And we've seen the Browns had Cade York, yeah, a guy who was drafted, and it's just too much extra on the guy to go out there, and it's just that one thing that can throw him off. Yesterday we saw it happen to Jake Moody. It's the only position on the field, right, where it's it's not reactionary. Like pressure's real. You know, as a quarterback, and you know, my dad was one that really pointed this out to me, you know, a long time ago. Uh, there, you know, you play quarterback, you play receiver. Yeah, there's pressure, right? But you know, you're blue forty-eight, blue, and you know, things are going on so crazy. You're not in the moment going, "Oh no, this is a big moment." You're going, "Wait, I got to get in the right play. I got to check to the right thing here." And then you drop back, and you're like, "Well, what?" So you don't even have time to think about pressure. You're, you're just you're reacting right. in the moment, right. right? Balls in the air, or you exactly. got to get the ball off. You're not thinking, "Uh oh, uh oh, this is a big moment." Uh oh, three, that's two, all one. You you do is the kicker. Exactly. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Exactly. That's why they ice him. He's sitting there on the sideline the whole drive before that going, I might have to make a big kick here. It's looking like it's going to come down to me. I already missed one today. I've I'm already missed right. Pick. Right. He missed a 54-yarder. This, this streak but is yeah. riding on me. Right. Exactly. 16 wins in a row. And Franchise yeah, record. rookie. I've been drafted. They expect me to make this. All the things you're talking about, let alone you feel that pressure anyways. I do. I think, you know, and it seemed like the preseason, he missed a few, right? It felt like we had overcome that uh now he's gonna have to overcome this and, and kind of silence the critics one more time here you used the word in reference to the browns defense earlier historic and you're right on the money five games in yeah 1002 yards allowed that's the that's third insane. fewest through five games all time and what have we been talking about all year the 
Fast break, showtime, Lakers offense down in Miami, greatest show on turf, and they're outpacing them. Five games in, 1,002, third fewest all-time, fewest since the 1971 Colts who had 836. Number two on the list is the 1970 Vikings who gave up 945. And think, folks, especially those of you of a certain age, and actually 71 was before I was even watching football, it was a different game then. Yeah. It was a little easier to play defense. Definitely. Because the rules weren't skewed toward the pass. The players weren't as gifted athletically no. receiving the ball right. and throwing the ball. The offenses as they are weren't now. created. The offenses yeah. weren't like they are now. Yeah. To give up only a thousand yards yeah, you're right, through five Mike. games. Now, they played the Steelers, so that <laughs> helped <laughs> yeah, the stat that, line. That, that may have driven the stats <laughs> out, but two fifteen to the forty ers It's I mean the forty ers no, aren't that much pudding. above the average. Right. Two fifteen to a team that was doing three fifty and thirty points a game. Yeah. No, I I I I think so. You know, I I think that's that's the big thing too. We talk about like, hey, they took away the Shanahan tricks and we didn't see screens or play action passes with people wide open. They never let the traditional run game get going with the forty ers so a physicality element with the Browns on that defense. And, you know, of course, Miles Garrett's the one it starts with. He's the guy you got a game plan. But Dalvin Tomlinson in the middle was a beast all game long, too. They were having a hard time blocking him, right? Jalen Elliott's a damn good player over there. Uh, the other defensive tackle by Dalvin Tomlinson. So they got a little of everything on that defense. Um, and we know when Zadarius Smith is healthy and playing really well, too, he's a damn handful as well. So they got a little bit like the 49ers we've talked about. At all three levels, they are pretty strong. You add in the coaching to it, and, yeah, we got something special going on. And you're right. I mean, they haven't played, like, great offenses. I'm kind of looking at their schedule here. But, you know, it, it, it's still three points to the Bengals. We know how they haven't found their way. Uh, they gave the Ravens some tough times during that game. It wasn't an offensive show showing. That was more about their offense kind of couldn't do anything. Uh, but I don't expect this to fall off, I guess is my point. I think the talent and the coaching's there to where they're top three, top four defense all year long. Ravens are four and two. Browns are three and two. Steelers are three and two. Bengals are three and three. Woo! AFC North. It's getting tight. Interesting division. And the 49ers have the Vikings next Monday night in Minnesota. Then they're at home against the Bengals before a week nine bye. Again, we don't know what Christian McCaffrey's status is. We're not speculating on – this is just a hypothetical. Hypothetically. Yeah, yeah. If he's going to miss some time, what right. do you do? Do you go next man up or do you make a phone call? Trade deadline's 16 days away. Do you try to bring somebody in? Derrick Henry maybe? I, I, I feel like you know Jordan Mason's pretty damn good. Right, the the running back, he's pretty good. You add him with Elijah Mitchell and and you know Ty Davis Price, who they drafted two years ago in the draft out of LSU. I think they'll stick with that crew for now, right? And I think a little bit of what plays into that is also Debo Samuel's health, right? Because we know he'll get some carries too if he's healthy enough to where they'll feel like, okay, you know, we give him three or four running back carries. The other guys we got will be dangerous enough at that position. I think they'll stay status quo for now until he starts, until he, as in Shanahan, starts to go, wait, I'm missing an element in my offense that's real, and I do need to maybe think about something. Now, we're coming down to down the, the pipe here of the uh, trade deadline, right? Yep. Last week. Two more games. Two more games. Yeah. you got to make your decision. Yeah, but I think they will stay status quo for now, Mike. And the good news for the 49ers, the Seahawks lost as well. Yeah. So they still have yeah. that buffer. The Rams won, but I think the only team the 49ers truly need to worry about in that division is the Seahawks. They still play them twice. The first meeting is on Thanksgiving night on NBC, and then they play them a game after that. They play them twice yeah, in, two and in three, three weeks. weeks. Right. So that's going to decide that division, the way things are going. And it may decide the one seed in the NFC. How about the penalties at the end of the game, right? We had the throw over the middle to Sean Gibson. He hits uh, We had the two late penalties on the, the last drive. The Browns, right? Here's the first one. You know, the throw over the middle. Gibson really does it. Textbook. Does not hit the head. Right, leads with his shoulder. I mean, you know, again, it's tough being a defender. It's tough being a referee there too. I know it's bang bang, but it didn't look like he got a piece of his head there. That was definitely a questionable call down the stretch. Well, you know, it's funny. Yeah. The one thing we talk about with roughing the passer. Here's the it's other one. Never Mike. mentioned that the officials are told when in doubt throw the flag. But remember when they first started being very aggressive about 
hits to the head of receivers yeah. in defenseless position. They said air on the side of throwing the flag, and that felt like an air on the side of throwing the flag. Right. This one, that's it, a tough one. I mean, did it really impede what they call? They called pass. They called pass interference. I mean, yeah. I saw a pull there, but it really it impeded like from having pull. to shot like the ball. Hand. I know I it's mean, still got to impede you from I having a chance to catch yeah. the ball. It's tough. I mean, again, to me, that's rubbing his racing, right? You know, is is the you know the old saying goes from Days of Thunder with uh, Tom Cruise. I mean, that's just that's natural bumping and grinding down the field there, trying to get open. And what do we see in crunch time? All the time. Right. The flags don't get thrown. No, we see way and, worse and what, than that. And what coaches just want is consistency. That's the big thing I want as a fan. Consistency, consistency, Yes, so sir. what gets called in the first quarter gets called in the fourth quarter, which gets called at the end of this game, gets called at the end of that game. How it works and what the flow is, they want to have that predictability and consistency because you coach your players based upon whatever you think is happening with right. that crew that day. So... Well, there's a, there was an, uh, another non-call that that was made. Well, we'll yeah, about that we'll get that to that later. Yeah, that's saved, certainly. But but I think bills. it's along those same lines when you talk about the Bills Giants that there's a thought in the NFL right now that you can get away with anything at the end of the game for the most part that the referees won't call it. And nobody that's wants not to right. be the one. Nobody yeah, wants to nobody be the, wants to be the bad flag. guy, especially, you know, in the home team stadium. If it comes to throwing a flag like that, there's certainly the human element starts to creep into these referees. And, and, and there's another that. point. We'll put a pin in it until we get to that game. Yeah. Because before we get to Bill's Giants, we got another game involving, involving another New York team. Yeah. It was almost a very good day for the New York team. It was. A very good day. Right. It was a good day. Even though we lost the Giants, it still was a good day. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. How about my New York Jets? <laughs> How about it, baby? Now, look, look. I picked five upsets this week and got two of them. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll especially take Jets over the Eagles. The Eagles felt vulnerable. They aren't the team that they were last year. No, they're, they're not. not dominating. No. And I felt like there was an opportunity there. Now, did I feel good about Sauce Gardner not being available? No, I did not. Do I feel good about the other injuries on defense? No, I do not. Did I feel good about the offensive line injuries? No, I did not. But once we got into it, once it got rolling, once they kept it close, I think that's the key. If you're going to pull an upset, I said it last night about the Giants against the Bills. What's the Giants' chance? Weather the storm and keep it close. Yeah, sure. You get a, a better team in a close game, and they start – yeah, whoa, what's going on? What the right. hell's going on yeah, here start today? Start pressing. And, yeah. and you have your opportunity. That sets the stage for it. If it's 17-0, 24-3, forget about it. It's over. And it just builds and builds and builds, and the next thing you know, it's a blowout. So the Jets hung around. There was that weird touchdown early, and I don't think we ever got a good look at how they overturned the fourth ruling and, on the field. Fourth and goal from the three-yard yeah. line. And Jalen Hurts tries to score. They call him down. And they said he fumbled, fumbled. into the end zone. Right. Right. right, so he fumbled outside 
of the end zone. Right. Jets football because Jets you can't, football the spot of the fumble because on fourth down you can't recover. It's the holy roller team roll. can't right. recover in the end zone for a touchdown. And right. then they review it and they turn it into a touchdown. And you know, as we and and the late games are always tough because it's storm of activity coming out of the one o'clock games. And what are we watching on these games? My writers are all texting. What the hell? Where's the replay that shows clear and obvious evidence? Nobody has seen that Jalen Hurts scored a Nobody. touchdown. Yeah. Where is it? Right. And everything that they see at 345 Park Avenue, yeah. and that the referee sees in the tablet on the sideline, they still create the impression the referee's got any say over this. Referee doesn't. It's the decision's made by somebody at 345 Park Avenue. We should see it too. Whatever's on TV is what they're seeing. The best clip that they're using makes it to TV. Where is the clear and obvious evidence? And I need to go back and one. watch that whole sequence. Yeah. But there was just something about that that was odd. And and I'm like, not that not that they were trying to help the Eagles. It just I'd like to see where the clear and obvious evidence was that he put the ball across. Yeah, to the overturn plane. that did not look for, from any angle we saw. For them to go, wait. You know, Jets ball, first down. You can't fumble the ball in the end zone and the same team recovered for a touchdown. Jets get the ball. And then to come back and go overturned. And then to, the, the, the replays we saw, we saw nothing to go, oh, yeah, there's the shot that he's in, right? You know, you thought, move, maybe he's on top of somebody. He's not on top of anybody. He's not. There's nobody he's on top of. All right, so that's where it was weird to me. You had two referees who came in who said he was short. They went to replays where you can't see any of the lower half of Jalen Hurts, and then they said, eh, touchdown. And to me, that was weird, definitely. With the NFL and the standard that they try to tell us before the season, tell the fans and all that, that was not clear and obvious to overturn the call on the field. That's insane, and nobody agreed with it. The but whole reason they took not for clear and the obvious, at least right. out of the stadium. Right. They took it away from the 17 referees because they were concerned that they were using varying degrees of what it takes to overturn the ruling on the field. And some referees were reofficiating the play and applying what they saw to the ruling right. and ignoring the ruling that had been made. Just what do I think happened based on what they're showing me? That's not the standard. The standard isn't we do it from scratch. The standard is we defer to the ruling on the field and we only overturn it if the evidence is clear and obvious it was wrong. The Mike Holmgren 50 drunks in a bar standard. Right. It's that clear. If it's not that clear, we're not overturning it. So that's all. Like when that happens, those are the two things I want to hear the rules analysts on TV say. And they're they're doing the clear and obvious thing more. Blandino tried to say they could piece it together, but he never it actually said— It still has to said, be clear and obvious. But he never—yeah, he said it's clear and obvious. Yeah. He tried to cut hey, You can use multiple views, right. but it still has to be clear and obvious. Exactly. And, 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 and to speak to it, you know, we weren't 50 drunks in a room, but we were 50 maybe idiots in a room, and none of us thought that was speak clear and yourself. obvious. Right. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Not on the idiot uh, part. No, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I'm with you there. That was certainly questionable, um, but— you know, overall, I think that was maybe a little bit of a, a look in to go, ooh, the Jets are going to be a pain in the butt here for the Eagles yeah. in this offense And today. they weathered it. And they weathered it. Hey, exactly the Jets right. could have felt like, uh-oh, it's not our day. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, here man. we go. Yeah, man, we're going to lose this one. Right. And they, they weathered it, and they kept it close. I didn't realize they'd never beaten the Eagles ever, yeah, ever, right. ever. I was made aware of it during the ever. week, right? My God, Shocking. ever. Shocking. It is. Uh, I, I think when you, know, you, you look at the game, of course, you've got to give a lot of credit. The, the main credit goes to the Jets' defense and what they did. I mean, the, the Eagles, first off, could not run the ball. And we've talked about a lot, right, almost every week about the Eagles' offensive line, their ability to just to just wear you out with their physicality and their size up front. And the Jets are a team that's not real big up front, kind of fast, and we've seen them get gashed in the run game. But from what it looked like, I mean, of course they played great run defense. It looked like to me, Mike, they kind of played the game of – we're going to scare you with numbers by the line of scrimmage. If you got six blockers, we're going to have seven defenders, right? And within that, the Eagles are a team when the numbers aren't right. Hey, let's check to the pass. They're playing a run defense. Let's get to that pass play I talked about in the, in the huddle. Check, 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 whatever. But within that, the Jets were dropping out and playing zones too. And I think they got the Eagles confused a little bit. Their speed was an issue, certainly. And their defensive line and their ability to just shoot gaps and fly around with the linebackers and safeties really gave the Eagles no room to run throughout the day. And 
you know, they did about as good a job as we've seen anybody do against this Eagles offense. The injury to Lane Johnson, I think, was huge. Oh, no doubt. Right tackle. Right tackle all game long Left started early. to get beat after yeah. that, right? Yep. Right. And it just was enough. Like, with the Eagles, they've been close to losing all year. Yeah. And it wasn't going to take much to throw it off Kilder just enough. Yeah. And I think the Jets sensed that they were vulnerable, even without Aaron Rodgers, without DJ Reed, without Sauce Gardner, without Elijah Vera Tucker, with so many other issues, they believed they could pull it together and play elite-level defense and get it done. And it, it prompted Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, to make a pretty big boast, but to the victor go the spoils, along with the opportunity to <laughs> All gas, rewrite no breaks, history baby. if you choose to do so. Here's Sala on the quarterbacks they faced so far this season from after yesterday's win. I thought defense, uh, per the usual, uh, outstanding. Um, you know, through these first six weeks, we've played a gauntlet of quarterbacks. And um, I know we haven't gotten all wins, but we've embarrassed all of them. See, I, look, again, when you win, Jason Garrett said this last night, the victors get to write the history. But they did not embarrass Dak Prescott. No, definitely not him. They did not necessarily embarrass Patrick Mahomes, although Patrick Mahomes was embarrassed. For Patrick by his Mahomes, it was embarrassing. For him, yes, yes, they did. Right, they did. Hand, Zach but, Wilson but, outperformed Mahomes on that night. Yeah, right. Zach, that was the night that things turned for the New York Jets two weeks ago last night, and they've taken it and they've built on it. They beat Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and now they've beaten Jalen Hurts. And relative to Hurts' standard, they did. Embarrassed. I mean, Hurts took the league by storm last year. Yeah. There's no denying that. And this year, it's not it's not what it was last year. No, definitely not. And they're not. still five and one. And hey, you've made this point repeatedly. They had an easy early season schedule. The table was set for them to go basically eight and oh. They've got some tough games still to come. They've got the Cowboys twice. They've got the 49ers. They've got some tough games to come. And games like yesterday are, are just reason to wonder where they fit yeah. in this upper echelon of the NFC. Well, yeah, they're still really good. We know that. They've not played their best football. We've hit on it almost every Monday that, you know, no Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon being not the defensive coordinator. There's an adjustment period there, certainly. They don't seem as creative on the offensive side of the ball. To your point, Jalen Hurts and quarterback rating, which I'm not huge into here, but we're seeing like this here as you're watching the show. Mistakes like that and interceptions in every game so far from Jalen Hurts where you go, we didn't see that at all last year. He's thrown seven touchdowns and seven interceptions in the, in the season. He's the 20th rated quarterback in football. So I think that talks to something about the efficiency and what they're doing as well, right? So all of that plays together. And then in this game, you know, a defense in the Jets that flies around, all gas, no breaks. We're a bunch of psychos, which is what we talked about with the 49ers. Salah came from the 49ers. That's what they do. And I think their speed and, and violence and ferociousness, yeah, caused a few of those. Whether it was, you know, a, a uh, Jermaine Johnson just hustling on the Dallas Goddard screenplay. That's a perfect play on the, what was that, the first drive or second drive of the game, maybe somewhere early on in the football game, and it pops in the air. It becomes an interception for Jalen Hurts. It stinks as a quarterback because it really wasn't his fault. Shouldn't have got that. You know, we had Jermaine Johnson bust around the edge and beat the backup right tackle to hit Jalen Hurts as he was throwing. Ball pops in the air, right? Interception. And another moment where you go, Eagles are driving – they're about to control the football game. There was about three or four times in the game yesterday where I was like, here it is. Yep. They're finally gonna put away. And like, you kept oh, looking okay, at me going, damn it. This is they're barely hanging on. Yeah. And you kept looking at me like, <laughs> they're barely hanging on. I don't know if it's gonna last. And you were you were you were worried. Right? So you you have that. Then before the half, it's fourteen to six, right? And you're going, Oh, here they go down. They're gonna they're gonna go down, they're gonna make it seventeen to six at half, at least, maybe twenty one to six, and the Jets are gonna be stuck in wow, we gotta drop back to pass every play now, and now we're gonna be in trouble in the second half. Well, what happens? DeAndre Swift, CJ Mosley punches it out of his hands, fumbles, the Jets get a, a an ugly field goal drive out of it, and they go in 
positive. Whoa, it's 14 to nine. And I think that kind of feeds into what you're saying too. Like, Hey, we're good. And Keep you're ready to be yeah. had. Like they're, you said, they're, they're giving and us an opportunity them, to take exactly, it. Let's go. Take exactly. It. Right. I think yeah. that was the moment where they probably said, okay, we're in this for real. And they didn't put us away. They could have, and we're going to, you know, come out in the second half and they played really good football. I've never been a big fan of all gas, no breaks because the breaks are there. For a reason. reason. Right. <laughs> but that mantra came up late in the game. Let's break this down yeah. because we were fascinated by this wrinkle. After Tony Adams intercepts Jalen Hurts yep. with the play started with two minutes left in the game. And the Jets ended up with the ball on the Eagles eight with one fifty to play. And the Eagles had two timeouts. Yeah. The Eagles went into the Mike Holmgren at the end of Super Bowl 32, right? where 32. let the Packers score or right. let the Broncos score and kind of yeah, miscalculated the ball. Right. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was, and it was uh, same as the Super Bowl 46 when Ahmad Bradshaw was trying not to score and fell into the end zone. Yeah. Remember that? Right. They let him score. Eagles let Brees Hall score, and the question was... Wait a minute, should the Jets have deliberately not scored? Should should Brees Hall have gone down at the one? D- did all gas, no breaks bite you in the tuckus on Sunday? And and so we were talking this through. Look, I can't fault the Jets here. Here's the two point conversion to make it twenty to fourteen. And the Eagles get the ball back with one forty six to play, two timeouts. And seven points wins the game. Yeah. Seven points wins the game. So that's why the Eagles did it. Get the ball back, and we can still win the game with a touchdown. Whereas if the Jets work the clock down and kick, kick a field, field goal, we may not have as much time left. But let's let's look at what would have happened. Yeah, break it down because we okay. kind of did this, uh, you and me, together last night. 150 left right. when the Jets get the ball on the Philadelphia eight. Yeah. So they run a play. Let's say it takes five seconds to All run right. a play. Just yeah. it probably doesn't take five. Yeah. Let's give it five. Yep. Yeah. Timeout. Timeout. Time out. One forty five. Okay. So right. second and goal from the six. Yes. And uh Jets go again. Run it, gain two yards, five more seconds, timeout. Minute 140 to play. Right. Okay. Third down now, third and goal. Right. Jets run it again, put it in the middle of the field, set up the field goal. Right. Clock starts at the snap, 140. Let's take it to a minute. Let's say they the kind of, if they're smart, they call a timeout right. as the time's going to Let's zero. Let's say there's 55. Right. Let's say there's 55. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They kick the field goal, there's 50 left. Yeah. Well, okay. The Eagles got 50 seconds. They're getting the ball on the kick. And they got one of the best field, field goal, goal kicks. Kick. They got the best field, field goal kicker in football, maybe. Right. 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 And a field goal wins. Nah, that's so ex- when, they- when you're playing the way you're playing defense yesterday, right. you defend the end zone, yeah. not that green stripe they put on the field when they're trying to tell everybody who's watching at home what the magic number is to get to for the game-winning field goal. That, 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 I, I support what they did 100%. 100%. I'm, with, I'm with you all the way. Uh, yeah, that, That's a moment. you got a chance to go up in a point where you have a great defense and you're going to go, wait, this team who hasn't scored easily on us today, yeah, we're going to make them go down and score a touchdown on the Jets' defense. I think that was totally the right play there. I believe in what they did so much. I don't think the Eagles should have let them score. I don't think they should have let them score. Yeah. I think they should have said, we'd rather get the ball back with 50 seconds, no timeouts, and all we need is a field goal. Because you think about it. You get a kick return after the th- – let's say you get lucky and you pop it to the 30. Sure. How much do you really need to I, gain? Listen, I, I was surprised they let them score like that. With a minute 50 and two timeouts, I, I did not think that was going to happen to me. You know, For the reasons you said – you know, one, it's the Jets, and who knows what they might do on the offense. They're not exactly a high-functioning machine yet. Got to make the field goal. Right, right. Fumbles, Zach Wilson, yep. we saw him throw an interception at the end of the game last week to give the Broncos a chance, so you don't know what could happen. Force him to call you know? plays, force him to execute plays, right. force him to do snap, spot, hold. Exactly. Kick. you got a good defense, who knows. But I, I'm with you in the fact that I would have liked my chances with you know, lesser time to just go get the field goal and no timeouts than my chances of going, wait, we're going to march down the field against one of the more talented defenses in football, which we haven't done really smoothly all day long. I mean, our first touchdown drive was 19 plays for 91 yards, right? That, to me, yes, was totally the right decision. And I know some people questioned it at first, but I think Robert Sala and company certainly got it right. I think people questioned it because Nick Sirianni is a Super Bowl coach and he 
clearly and without hesitation yeah. that's the strategy right. so we just assume that's the right strategy so we assume embracing what they're giving you is the wrong strategy and i think now that we've talked it through and thought it through and had the chance to sleep on it i wouldn't have given them the no i think they're, they're that confident and cocky in philly right now they're just like just give us the ball yeah. we're going to go down and, and score you know what? which if is a good thing i'm not trying to judge there if but that's if that's what you're going to do yeah they should have just let tony adams score now that takes high level presence of mind <laughs> right for your offense to know after an interception let's go ahead and let this guy score but I know there's one guy on the field that would have figured that out if that's the team's attitude and that's the mindset Jalen Hurts would have been the one to be shouting let this guy score because we're going to get the ball back down six at the worst and we're going to go down and score but maybe even he knew against the Jets yesterday with the game on the line, hey. defending the end zone. I would not have let them just go score a touchdown if I was the Eagles. Yeah. I definitely would not have. I, I would have liked to see them, whatever they wanted to do, hand the ball off, kneel, whatever. Okay, certainly. But we know that you know the Eagles in those situations have been phenomenal. It's one slant or one Jalen Hurts scramble. Brown. Right, and all of a sudden we go, well, they get one more completion. They're in field goal range. I mean, we've seen that story. I'm a little surprised with the Eagles' decision to just let him walk in the end zone. I am. All right. Uh, one other thing that happened yesterday, and I was amazed when I saw this on the NFL's official Twitter page. Aaron Rodgers, four weeks and six days removed from rupturing his Achilles tendon. Yeah. Less than that removed from having it surgically repaired. Right. Before the game, on the field, no crutches, no boot, no apparatus of any kind, throwing passes. It's amazing. Unbelievable. It's amazing in itself. And look, yeah. I said this in the viewing room yesterday, and, and I'm not going to, I mean, I'm not reporting. I'm just saying there are people out there in the medical community who believe that it's a lie that he fully ruptured it, that there's no way in hell that he fully ruptured it, right. that it was a partial tear that they repaired, and that it's just Willis Reed shit. Like, let's, 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 let's build this up. Right. Let's build this up. Right. Let's let him puff himself up and say, I fully ruptured the tendon. I'm not saying it's true. I'm just saying I'm getting bombarded with people who are saying there's no way in hell that was fully ruptured. There's no way he'd be standing four weeks and six days later throwing footballs like that. And I was hearing it before. I'm going to be hearing it all day today. I was impressed just that some of the videos I saw even before that, that he was walking around with no crutches and stuff already and kind of doing that. You know, I think the Jets released a video of him in the locker room talking to guys and he wasn't wearing crutches. I, that was amazing. Then to pregame go, wait, he's standing there throwing the football and he's catching the ball too and having to move in that way. Uh, you know, partial tear or complete tear, Either it's way, still it's impressive, impressive at this point. There's and, no doubt. And you know what? They keep winning. And they've weathered the storm in their in their first six games. Yeah, we even when this when the schedule came out, when they had Aaron Rodgers, we're like, oh, they're going to go two and four, three and three, with Rodgers was the best case scenario. They're three and three without Rodgers. They keep going, Chris. Man, Zach Wilson. Well, this Zach Wilson's going to get tapped on the shoulder and told to go take a seat. Well, yeah, thanks the, for thanks for your efforts in keeping us competitive. Now sit down while Daddy takes care of things. I, you know, listen, Zach Wilson. He he didn't light up the scoreboard yesterday, but I think the good thing with Zach Wilson, we're seeing a guy that's understanding what his team is, what they are right now. He's taking care of the football. There's no mistakes by him. I think that's the first thing. And they're playing through their defense, and they're trying to be patient with the run game, even though they couldn't run it worth a damn yesterday. Uh, but he had his moments. But like this goes back to our old conversation here. Wait, so you're telling me that if they go 10-7, and seven, right, or 11-6 and six and get in the playoffs with the way they're playing right now, they're going to upset that and then go, hey, we're – Aaron hasn't done anything in a few months, but we're going to let him play in the biggest game of the year for us right now. I don't know. I mean, even, I, you know me. I think Aaron Rodgers is borderline God, and I don't know if I could do that if I was the head coach of the I think you have game. to do it. I think you have to do Oof. it. If he's healthy and he's cleared, I think you have to do it. The question is, will he be cleared before then? Yeah, yeah, maybe. I know. When, when, when everything he's done has defied our expectations right. about what it means to tear your Achilles tendon fully or partially – what he's already done is above and beyond what we've seen. What I mean, I'm looking at the schedule. When when do we start thinking maybe he could slip himself into this mix 
and come out and mid late December happen. if it where's continues the, on this course. Where's maybe? the where's maybe. the sweet spot to come in and just kind of make it happen? You know, some of these games that look like they were easy on the schedule early may not be as easy. Yeah. Texans not Texans not, and Texans Falcons not, ain't no. that easy, right? No, Falcons yeah. not the easy out like it was. Right. They've got the Browns looming on a Thursday. Raiders night. are a pain in the butt. Yeah. Commanders yeah. beat yeah. the Falcons yesterday. So I mean, they're, yeah, they, they've they, you know the the rest of the schedule that was supposed to be the easy part has gotten a little more difficult that's the only bad news coming out of the first six games three and three they got the giants in two weeks emerging from the biden the chargers at home but i don't know they got that black friday game i don't know because i don't know what's next when you see a guy out there who is moving around normally only four weeks and six days removed from tearing his Achilles tendon. I don't know where it tracks from here and when he gets to the point where he can go back and do what he needs to do because he still puts pressure on his lower extremities. He's got the the agility. He's got the acceleration. You have to be sure that it's going to withstand the pressure yeah, and the right. stress and the forces. And, oh, by the way, he still has to run away from guys who are coming at him. We saw him get swallowed up almost every snap yeah. before the Achilles right, did rupture. Right. But yeah, that that's the later it is, the better they're doing, the later it is. If they continue this, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It just creates an awkward moment where they have to basically say to to Zach Wilson, take a seat. And you know how the Jets fans are. Yeah. The backup quarterback is gone. Oh. By that time they might think Zach Wilson actually is the savior. You yeah. don't know. I don't know, you know, who knows, right? With the Jets fans, you never know. I, you know I, I, and I hope we get faced with that dilemma. I'd like to see it. I love a good story. Uh, we know you love a good story. story. I love Aaron Rodgers. You know that and what he does on a football field. So uh, I'm all for him getting healthy. I don't know what the hell he's doing or drinking or taking to heal this quickly. Um, I didn't know ayahuasca also healed Something ligaments. Mating but... sounds of dolphins or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, he's finding other ways to uh, find other avenues of medicine that helps. We know that for sure. He's doing his own research. He did. Hey, he definitely is. Yep, yep. Johnny Inver Invermectin is is uh, healthy and ready to go. Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we return, last night's game ended with the team winning that we thought would win, but not the way that we thought it would happen. The Bills, the Jenga Tower, avoids a collapse on national TV prime time. We'll talk about Giants Bills when PFT Live continues right after this. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, what? Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my Crunch Berries. I think you mean my Crunch Berries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.